Hello and welcome back into Slick Talk. This is your host, Blackstone Joe. Today's episode is titled The When and the Why. So we're going to break down when oil analysis comes in handy, why you would do it, what you would hope to learn from it. And it's a episode that I'm eager to break into because as we get further and further along with the development of this show, you know, we can get kind of narrow in our focus. We want to break down very particular issues that people are interested in, interesting reports we've come across. So it's good to touch base with the purpose for this business in general, why people who are uninitiated would want to break into it themselves. So it's a good starting off point, good way to, if you are a new listener, welcome. This is an episode where you will be able to learn about why this practice is essential and why some people are such diehards when it comes to used oil analysis. And before we break into it, I also want to give a thank you to everyone who has reached out with interest regarding the upcoming Slick Talk shirts so we have these puppies in stock. So what we're doing right now is getting them added onto the website, getting our inventory locked down. And this is also just our first design that we've got in. If you haven't checked the Instagram or Facebook, it is a white t-shirt with our Slick Talk logo and font in purple. I think they look great, but truth be told, this is only the first design. So if you're waiting on, I've had a couple people reach out with interest about a black shirt, and that makes total sense given what most of our listeners are probably doing while they would wear these shirts. They'd be doing the things we're talking about in this show, messing around with engines and transmissions and the like. So I can definitely understand the interest there, rest assured. Uh, black shirts will be coming up next um, with the current logo that we have on the white ones. Um, but we also are playing around with a lot of different designs. We have at least um, two other designs um, in the hopper that we want to produce. So it's all going to be dependent on the interest that we get with this first batch. And thank you to those who have reached out. Uh, continue to do so if you would like to be one of the first to get your hands on a Slick Talk t-shirt. So if you are interested and you want us to send you one of these and the order link is not up yet, it should be uh, within the week. But if it is not up yet, then you can contact us, especially... Email is probably the easiest, but feel free to reach out on social media as well. If you're interested in a shirt, please just email bstone at blackstone-labs.com or DM on Instagram, message on Facebook. So that's the rundown for shirts. We have them. We're getting the order link ready for the website. But in the meantime, do not hesitate to reach out and make sure you are one of the first with your own Slick Talk shirt. And without further ado, let's start the show. So I want to go back in time. Uh, to begin this episode, 2017 to be exact. I remember driving around Fort Wayne with a friend, uh, finding a place for lunch. And this person knew I had recently started a job with Blackstone. Typically, folks will just ask, so what do you do for a living? And that's, you know, 
a question you're asked so often, you kind of have pre-programmed responses in the bag. You don't even think about it. You just say it. Uh, Well, this friend took a different approach and posed it this way. Joe, why would I use your company? (laughs) And it was kind of, you know, it's it's a very strong question. Um, and, and, And when you are... Um, someone who is very new uh, to the industry, um, you know, these ideas, um, what these results mean, um, and, you know, it kind of threw me for a loop for a second. You know, I knew um, some of the problems that we uh, can hunt down. I, I knew, you know, certain contaminants we could identify, um, but I was still very much in the training phase and I wasn't quite in a position to sell And really, ever since I've started, I still haven't been put in very many situations where selling the product is a necessary thing because ever since coming on board, you know, Blackstone has steadily grown. Um, We have never, you know, been hurting for samples. Um, Really, if, if a slow week comes along, that's probably due to you know, postal service issues or, or just logistics, but it's not because the orders are going away. You know, we've always had steady interest. So I just haven't had to answer the why um, very often. But that is a worthy question. And I think that there are a few very particular scenarios um, where absolutely used oil analysis is a necessary service. And the reason I would hesitate to boil it down, because you can, you can boil boil this down to a very simplistic, well, you use us to learn more about your engine. And okay, that's definitely true, but that doesn't really cause a light bulb to go off for some people, because for some people, engines are such abstract machines. You know, they know that you need an engine to power a car or an airplane, but they don't necessarily have any sort of visual grasp on what an issue would look like, um, what issues would, you know, say if we found one, um, what's the next step, you know, do I just run to a shop, so on and so forth. So I think it's better to pick a few different scenarios and break down when used oil analysis comes into play and why you would want to keep using it going forward. So first one, you've got a new engine and need to know how it's breaking in. This is probably, I would say I look at roughly five, maybe more. Um, I'd say at least five um, break-in samples per day. And break-in samples tend to have certain hallmarks, I would say. Um, Very common finds during break-in. Um, if, if you're a customer who's had a new engine, you can probably speak to seeing things like high copper or high silicon. You know, these are very common remnants of new parts getting acquainted. Um, you'll have silicon from things like assembly sealers and lubes and even going to things like oil additives. Um, you'll have typically a different additive recipe in a factory oil than you would in just any old product that you'll buy off the shelf. So things like a very high um, molybdenum level, at least compared to averages, you'll see molybdenums packed in there. 
Um, another anti-wear additive along with common ones like phosphorus and zinc. So when you look at a break-in sample, there are, like I've mentioned, hallmarks. There are things that look very classic. And that is, uh, you know, if we find elements, metals that are common for break-in and you don't have any issues such as contamination, then that is considered a good jumping off point. So why would you use oil analysis again? Well, you'll want to see a progression. Um, a, a certain progression as you sample the engine repeatedly that's going to tell you that break-in went successfully, that the byproducts of break-in are washing out, and that the engine is able to handle the current use it sees. These answers are all going to become apparent as you sample the engine repeatedly. So the second sample, we would expect to see pretty large reductions in metals and silicon and You'll see some adjustment in oil additives depending on what brand or blend you run. We'll also look for contamination to stay out of the picture. And if you have that steady progression, you know, it can often take a few oil changes before, um, you know, remnants of wear and are gone completely. But when you have that steady progression, then that alone can tell you quite a bit about how that engine is handling the use it sees, how break-in is washing out. Because if you have metals steadily going up, then that can be an indicator that break-in wasn't smooth or that the engine is experiencing hard use, maybe struggling to keep up with how it's run. And there are certain metals that we, you know, we just will always want to mention if we see high levels of things that are not hallmarks of wear-in, you know, things like really excessive piston ring wear or bearing wear, things we'll be on the lookout for. So... When you have a new car, for me, um, my experience was a, a 2017 Accord where I sampled the first oil change, second, third, so on. So I, I wanted a really good trend established. And I saw exactly the progression that I wanted to see. And I also wanted to keep an eye on fuel. Um, fuel was something that popped up um, at least the first two samples. And they were amounts that were kind of annoying because they were not high. You know, they, they weren't, uh, you know, the 2% or more that we consider cautionary. But still, um, you don't want to see fuel on a repeat basis. But fortunately, I was able to dial in my sampling technique and straighten up a few things. So this was back when I was still very new. You know, I, I was getting comfortable at Blackstone, so naturally the next step of getting comfortable at a new job is you go get a new car, and then, you know, again, still finding my bearings in the world of used oil analysis. So I was doing a couple things wrong with sampling. Um, I was sampling right after I got to work. So I would pull up, and this was like maybe, maybe a seven-minute drive. It's really not far. So I would just scoot right over to work, shut the engine off, take a sample. And the problem with that is the engine doesn't have much time to warm up. Um, it's really just a lot of stop and go driving. And then I turn the engine off and that allowed fuel dilution because after I sampled, after warming the engine up entirely, getting it fully to operating temp, then shutting it off, I remember fuel dilution not becoming an issue. So that was something I dialed in. It was also something that, you know, with the benefit of trends and with the benefit of getting my sampling technique dialed in right, you know, I was able to rule out a burgeoning fuel system issue. 
So that would have been something I definitely wanted to keep an eye on after just the first sample. Finding fuel in the first sample from a new car, you know, it would be tempting to run to the dealership and say, hey, there's fuel here and there shouldn't be fuel. What's the deal? I might have a fuel system issue. Please look at it. And that would have just been too preemptive. First of all, it wasn't a high level. It was just a nagging, I believe, 1.3%, something along those lines. And I had the patience to check that car a couple more times and find out fuel was just situational. So the when, the car was brand new. The why, I wanted to see if break-in was clearing up as expected in future oil changes and if fuel was becoming an issue. So that's the when and the why for this scenario of getting a new car. But for a lot of people, used oil analysis starts off with a pre-buy. Or, um, you know, maybe they have bought a a car or a boat or a plane and it's not the pre-buy, but it is still a check-in sample where they want to see if what they've bought is headed for trouble or not. And I think when it comes to pre-buy or just checking on a recent purchase, and I think with pre-buy samples or samples from anything that has been bought recently, One area where used oil analysis plays such a crucial role is checking for harmful contamination. Um, Metals are certainly part of the picture as well, getting a read on how that engine is wearing. But so often with pre-buy samples, um, the mileage is unknown, and you're playing this game of trying to figure out how long that oil might have been in use, and if it hasn't been run long, Um, You're definitely going to learn more with subsequent samples about engine's wear profile. But when contamination is a serious issue, uh, that tends to show up regardless of mileage on the oil. Because if the fuel system is letting excessive amounts of fuel, um, you know, get into the crankcase, that's not being burned off from normal use. Well, generally, problems like that or issues with a severe coolant leak and severe is kind of different for us than it is for people outside the lab because we can detect what I would describe as a severe coolant leak a little before you're going to notice things like a milkshake color or you know anything visibly apparent um, on on your end Um, so for us a severe coolant leak is going to really stand out earlier than that so Checking for harmful contamination that can really wreck an engine is something that you can accomplish with used oil analysis. Often, even in low mileage samples or um, samples where the mileage is just a total unknown, um, reason being, if there is a serious coolant leak, uh, typically you're not going to be able to get all the coolant out um, just with a recent oil change. And if the fuel system has a serious problem, it's going to be letting fuel in all of the time. Um, you know, checking for things like an air filtration issue that's letting excess dirt and debris, you know, and of course metals are going to be on our radar too. Um, it's just so often that due to low mileage samples, we can learn more as you sample the engine repeatedly, but, um, contamination, you know, checking a car, boat, aircraft for issues with that. Um, is absolutely well within the capabilities of used oil analysis. So here's the when and the why for a different scenario. Post modifications or repairs. 
So a lot of the time, folks start out with a stock engine, and then they want to play with it, and they want to see how it's handling things like added boost, or maybe they added aftermarket parts, forged pistons, for example. And they want to see how the engine is taking to these changes. And used oil analysis is obviously going to be the only non-invasive procedure to see how these parts are settling in. It's pretty much every day. I would say as often as I come across a wear-in sample, I'll come across a sample from a modified engine. And we can use analysis and our ability to detect metals and to follow them in subsequent oil changes and see how they're trending to tell you how those new parts are settling in. So often some new parts will go along with the engine wearing a little differently than average, um, and that's fine. Um, I always like to remind people that averages are a baseline for comparison. When you've looked at thousands and thousands of oil samples like I have or so many other analysts on staff, um, often you can look at these metals at face value and kind of get a pretty good idea of what kind of story they tell. So averages are an important starting point, but not the be-all, end-all. We'll look for consistency to indicate how internal parts are getting along. But especially after repairs. So let's say, and you know, I'm going to harken back to a very specific example here. Um, we had a customer sampling a Ford 3.0 liter engine, and he had just done major work to, I believe he replaced the radiator, um, he had, I think, cooling lines replaced. This on top of a whole bunch of other repairs. And the customer needed to know what the deal was with ongoing coolant loss and whether or not it was getting into the crankcase causing issues there. So used oil analysis, you know, we mentioned coolant a couple times in previous episodes, but I'll still break it down, at least how it shows up. So in testing, coolant or antifreeze, whatever you want to call it, is going to register as high potassium and sodium. This, unless you're running something that is not glycol-based. But the vast, vast majority of customers are going to be running a glycol-based coolant. So if you're running that and you're looking for evidence of a leak, that's going to show up as high potassium and sodium. So fortunately enough for this customer with the Ford 3.0 liter, we were able to immediately rule out an internal coolant leak. He had very low potassium and sodium levels. Really nothing about this sample looked concerning at all. Um, very healthy wear, um, nothing out of line, any area of the report. So he kept digging and found out that a thermostat housing gasket was a source of his issue. So he found some deposits in and around um, the thermostat housing gasket that very much resembled uh, dried coolant. So an installation issue there was the source of the coolant loss. So without used oil analysis, the customer could have gone on just assuming an internal leak. I believe that assumption was the jumping off point. So ruling out an internal coolant leak without used oil analysis would really require a lot more extensive repair process. So here, the when and the why is kind of twofold. I would say the when could just be sampling because it's an, a recent rebuild, uh, a modified engine. 
You want to track how the engine is responding post repairs, as it matures, so on and so forth. But the why kind of continues from there, though, because you want to see if very particular repairs, in this case, you know, basically an overhaul of the cooling system, if that was successful. And often determining that when you're just on your end with the engine and you don't want to open it up again, you don't want to do anything invasive, used oil analysis is really the only other option to rule out things like a coolant leak because you want to track down a coolant leak before you start seeing symptoms of trouble on your end. Otherwise, things are often just to the point where you have to worry about not just fixing a coolant leak, but addressing internal damage. So the when and the why can really stretch beyond it just being a new car. It can apply to modifications. It can apply to repairs to see if they're successful. So these are just a few scenarios, but I believe very common ones, and I think they apply to a lot of our customers. But if you have a different story, about used oil analysis, how you were introduced, or what piqued your interest, what you were expecting to find, feel free to share that. Either comment on our YouTube page, email, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want to do, feel free to reach out. It would be fun to source some stories, some personal stories about how this practice might have come into being if it was something other than just what I've already um, selected as, as common ways to kind of get into the business and stick with it um, going forward. So if you are a maybe a new customer or someone who has just been thinking about it and this episode has piqued your interest enough that you want to get involved with used oil analysis but you don't know how to begin, so the easiest way to begin is to go to our website blackstone-labs.com and you can order a free test kit if you just want to see what's going on with your engine or if you're one of those people who just completed repairs, modifications, etc. You want to see what's up with the engine or the transmission. Or heck, if you even want to go so far as to check things like coolant, um, you want to check, you know, brake fluid, whatever. We do it all. So if you are interested in getting a free test kit off of our website, just go and order there is a link on the homepage, and we'll send you the test kit. You'll pay for testing once we've actually got the sample in the building and we've run our testing and got you your report. You can sample two different ways. You can either sample from the drain or, you know, if you end up having to retrieve it from a clean drain pan, that's fine too. But if you're not taking a drain sample, then you can always sample from the dipstick tube. Well, I say always, but unfortunately, there are some people out there, some manufacturers are starting to deny people the luxury of uh, dipstick tubes. So um, hopefully, though, if you have one, um, you can always sample from the dipstick. So how to do that? Well, you need a vacuum pump. And if you don't have one, you're in luck because we sell those on our website. Vacuum pumps are $35 a piece. The actual analysis, the report we send you, that service is $30 for a standard analysis. But yes, if you want a vacuum pump, you can order that from our website as well. There is a product tab on the top of the screen, and you'll be able to find vacuum pump. You can also find some other fun things on there, like Blackstone Hat. We'll get the t-shirt link up there, but I digress. If you want to get started with used oil analysis, you don't know where to begin, 
just get yourself a free test kit. If you want to sample without changing the oil, you can always do so via the dipstick tube with our handy vacuum pump. So those are the jumping off points. If you have other questions, though, don't hesitate to reach out. Give us a call. Email us at bstone at blackstone-labs.com. We'd love to hear from you. But for now, that's all we've got today. Thanks for listening. get some silence and not just sounds of Toyota Sienna's jockeying for position.